you can show that you're confident outside but like inner confidence is like the, the best one and I think a lot of people like I'm very confident in like you know I had a really good job or whatever and I was like that's I'm a really confident worker blah 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 but I wasn't I didn't have the self-belief and the inner confidence to really go for it and do it myself sooner so I think going into the deep just throwing yourself into the deep end and just going for it and believing in yourself is what I would that's what I would do. Welcome back to the Kelly Lumber Podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert who is on a personal mission to inspire you to take action, to share some piece of knowledge that is just going to make you do something or make you think of something or just show up as the best version you can possibly be. And who is doing that? Well, in this episode, it is Eleanor. Eleanor started her business, a really interesting story, from her kitchen table back in London with just £100. And she started a line of hair care products for curly women. She says that they're products made by a curly for curlies. So in this episode, Eleanor talks about how she felt sort of conformed to straighten her hair. And then one day after years, she kind of ditched the straighteners and embraced her natural curls, but got so frustrated at the lack of products and hair care products that were out there that were any good and that, you know, didn't have harmful chemicals and preservatives in them. So she started her own line of just one product is what it started off with. And years later, she's launching new products, not just for curly haired women. And I say woman because she talks about how a lot of men use the um, product as well. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. And if you love this, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell me on Instagram. Screenshot it, share it with a friend, inspire someone else. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show, Eleanor. It's great to have you. Oh, thank you so, so much for having me. I've actually been listening to a lot of your podcasts, so I can't believe I'm actually going to be on one. <laughs> Yay! It's so good to have you. Where are you from originally? Uh, West Wales. Ah, okay, okay. And how long have you been in the Middle East for then? Or how long have you been in Dubai? Um, so only since March this year, so I'm still a newbie to... You are a newbie. Yeah. Why I think I've only just started going for brunches and things now because it's kind of all started opening up. So I'm getting the real Dubai experience. <laughs> have you come with family? Have you come on your own? Um, with my fiance. Nice. Congratulations. Well, let's get into a little bit of the backstory. Maybe what brought you to Dubai, and then share everyone a little bit about your, you know, your what you're offering and and what you're doing because it's it's really cool. Oh. Um, yeah, so I'm Eleanor, so founder of Olau Hair, so a natural and vegan hair care brand um, targeted at those with like curly and wavy hair. Um, but we're branching out, so a lot of straight haired people are also buying our products now, which is really cool. Um, so what brought me to Dubai was my business and also I find it really weird saying fiance. I say boyfriend, partner. I don't know. It sounds a bit strange. <laughs> when did you get married then? Um, we were supposed to get married, but then COVID happened. So, oh, yeah, that's the, just... The, yeah. the pandemic yeah. weddings yet to still happen. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll sort that out another day. So, yeah, we came over here. So basically, um, I wanted to come over here over a year ago because during kind of the height of the kind of lockdown and pandemic in the UK, 
we saw a huge, huge increase of um, sales with from like the Gulf region, um, which is really cool because we've not done any advertising or any kind of promotion within the region. Um, it was mainly because we uh, had one stockist in Kuwait who was selling like huge numbers. And also, I think I did a few Instagram posts of, of different curls and like different women. So not just all kind of Western. It was, you know, we had representation across the board, kind of mixed race, black women, uh, Muslim women can wearing their headscarves. And I think that representation kind of really re- kind of resonated <laughs> with yeah. a lot of the uh, women in the region. So, yeah, I just saw a huge, huge influx of all these orders which was amazing. But obviously, because of lockdown and the pandemic, postage went sky high. So all, obviously, all the ladies from you know, Dubai, Saudi, Kuwait, were paying astronomical prices for postage. Wow. Like, they're still paying for postage um, for my little products. You know, you always think of your business as just kind of, you know, yeah. your little business, whereas probably isn't. But you, yeah, I always think like that. So um and then obviously it took like maybe a month, five weeks for them to arrive, sometimes sooner, but sometimes like way later. Yeah, postal service around the, the Middle East is not known to, the fact it even gets here, I always think is quite remarkable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, my birthday was in May and loads of my friends sent things and yeah, never, some were sent back to them, which was good. At least it didn't get um, getting lost or anything, but yeah. yeah. The postcode thing like always throws me because I'm like some people don't even have PO boxes. I'm like, how do they get there? Yeah, it's just everything has to be couriered. Well, let's take a little step back then before we got to here. And how did the idea for the product come about? Because for those that if you're they're hearing this on audio version, but I can see you've got beautiful curls. So I'm assuming that it comes from frustration through yourself. But, but let us know yeah. a little bit of the, this backstory. Yeah, so there's kind of two two bits to it really so one um was in 2012 when I stopped straightening my hair so I straightened my hair every day probably twice a day it was like my kind of regime um and I used to dye it so it was all really dry and it just wouldn't grow so anyway yeah so I used to straighten it like twice three times a day I was completely obsessed until I went on a trip around Spain by myself to learn Spanish I had one bag and I remember looking in my bag and I was like, there's there's no more room because I've got all my straightening hair products, straighteners, blow dryers, you name it, in this bag. And I have nothing else to take. So I was like, this is ridiculous. I need to get a grip. It's like, I can't take these things. So that was in 2012. And since then, obviously, I was traveling around thinking I had luscious locks. But actually, looking back at pictures, it was so dry, not curly <laughs> Like kind of like a scarecrow. It wasn't Instagrammable friendly. Not at all. Like no one was <laughs> any pictures of it at all. Like no selfies were taken. Thank God. So yeah, when I got back, I was trying to find products that would help my hair grow, help it kind of get you know nourishment and get all glossy and curly. And there was honestly nothing. Like obviously there there was mousse and there were some creams and things, but they yeah. weren't really natural and they'd make my hair all crunchy you know like quite 80s vibes oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah I remember <laughs> that having that term here in the 90s and that mousse scrunched up look um, yeah <laughs> wet look yeah so yeah nothing was really helping my hair grow and I'd go to hairdressers and they'd you know say oh well curly hair doesn't grow that much blah 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 and I was like come on it's hair like hair grows like mm-hmm. this is ridiculous how you treat it so I just went on loads of courses, read so much about it. 
um, became like quite obsessed with understanding what ingredients do what to your hair and your scalp and things. And after loads and loads of mixing in my kitchen, I came up with the hair oil that I still sell today. But it wasn't to be sold. It was just for me to use on my hair. So that was 2012. So I used it on my hair. And I don't know if anyone listening is from London or knows London, but I'd go on the tube on the way to work and I'd have like bottles in my bag. So I'd like give them to people. And on the tube, nobody speaks to anyone in London on the tube. And I had two occasions where um, ladies asked me what I put on my hair. And I'd be like, oh, you know, just this. I've, I've got a little bottle. Here you go. Let me know how you get on. Didn't think anything of it. Went to work. And that's how I went on until 2018. So I'd, you know, made shampoos, conditioners, creams, everything up until then just for myself. That's a long time, yeah. though, before you saw yeah. the, the viability of it being commercial. Was it that you didn't have the, you didn't know how to or you didn't think it was ready or what, what happened? I just didn't. I was quite happy with my job. So I worked for um, BMW on like a graduate scheme. Um, so I'd kind of, well, I, when I was in uni, I went on a placement year with them, kind of did PR, marketing, sales, like account executive role, stuff like that. So I was like living that dream of like living in London, got a really good job, got a new car, like didn't really care about it. I was like, oh, this is just something like I put in my hair. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Up until I had this moment of realization where I was like, is this going to be my whole life just getting up? and doing this job forever and like being told what to do because I hate being told what to do and like getting at my desk at eight o'clock and leaving at eight or seven and working weekends and bank holidays at events and things I was like surely if I can put all of this effort into a company and I just do it for myself I could make the same money maybe not straight away obviously but I was like eventually so yeah that's where what age were you when you had that company when was it so where are we now 20 so I it was 2017 I had that kind of epiphany so how old was I uh how old am I now I'm 30 so five years is it about 25 so it's young to kind of be having on a uh or maybe is that not what they call the quarter life crisis yeah I think so I was just like kind of reevaluating, and I was like all my friends are kind of always going out I never see them I'm like because I really like working. I know that sounds a really weird thing to say, but not I, so, not I do, I'm sure you are the same. Um, but I, I do enjoy working. So I was like, if I did it for myself, I'd probably enjoy it even more. Um, but I still didn't have the idea of what I would actually do until like, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, I make this thing where I actually <laughs> like my hair and other people I, like it. That people keep asking me on the tube yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what I'm doing that's different. So it's like all these signs are right in front of me, but I just couldn't, I probably just didn't see them. So yeah, it took a while um, for me to to do it. But I think that's what kind of gives me the confidence to to know that it's good because I used them for so many years and yeah. um, all myself. So you had the epiphany, you decided then, okay, I've actually got the ideal product. Then, So then how did you, you go around actually making it commercially viable then? Because you were making it at home in your kitchen then. Yeah. So I started, I think this is like, sometimes I didn't realize, but like it blows people's minds, but I started with a hundred pounds and from like where I am in Wales, we're quite frugal. So I think that's probably like where that comes from. And I quite like a challenge. I was like, I'm going to challenge myself to see if I can, I can put a hundred pound in and see like how it all goes. So, yeah. So it was like a bit of a challenge to myself. So um, I created my logo. I'll show it to you, but 
no one else can see. Maybe I can share a picture. But um, created my logo, and they, I still have the letters today. So I cut these and painted them myself. Love it, love it, love um, it, love it. Got some like cushions that I like, some throws. Put them all together. Put this on top. Took a picture, and that was my logo. So I really was on like kind of a shoestring budget. Budget, yeah. Um, and it was all through kind of social media. So I didn't pay for any of my first sales, any marketing, any ads, nothing like that. It was just understanding my niche. So I did a lot of research on like, you know, what curly hair people wanted. And also the second part of the story is obviously the name, well, not obviously at all, but the name is all else. It's the Welsh word for oil. So that was another niche that I could tap into. And people were pretty happy in the fact that I was representing Wales and like the Welsh language. So that was another stream of customers that I had. So um, yeah, just know my niche. Those that are listening, what's the Instagram handle? Olew Hair. So O-L-E-W Hair. Fabulous. Okay. So for those that are listening there, well, I'll put that in the link there below. So from social media, people then saw your posts and then were you able, did you have a website or did you start selling? Um, I I did have a website, but it was the most oh I don't even know what to call it it was a website but um it just had a PayPal link because I didn't I didn't have enough money in my 100 pound budget to have kind of you know a suave thing so it was just a PayPal link that people would click on to send me money like (laughs) so people really trusted me because I think if I looked at someone's website like that now I'd be like what is this this is a scam but obviously it wasn't so yeah it was just very very basic just had a picture of the oil um, so I had other products, but I only wanted to launch one to see if it if it worked, and it did. And I was like, if I can get to a hundred sales within like you know this month or six weeks, then I've I've got a business. And I hit it within like a week. No um, way! Yeah. that's amazing, Eleanor. Congratulations! Oh, thank you. Yeah, everyone thought I was nuts, but um, so you yeah. hit this. You said hundred bottles in sort of what was it six weeks? Was that what you said? Six, six yeah. months. What did you say? Um, I said six weeks, but and and I thought that was like, you know, a push. I was like, oh my God, I'm really challenging myself here. But I think it was all about, and you probably are, are, you know, agree and are very much the same, is um, it was not all about me, but I just showed how it worked on me. So you could physically see the transformation, like you could see pictures of what my hair looked like before and after. Mm -hmm. And I just did my own videos of how I applied it. So just using myself as the influencer even though I'm not an influencer but just using me because I'm a real person and well, I you, use and you are the personal that. brand of your business as well you know you you're the person yeah, so it, using it too yeah that's true yeah so I think that resonated and still today I think that's what separates me from kind of the other curly hair brands that our competitors is that I always have my face on it sometimes yeah. it's like really hard because sometimes I can't you know I don't want to take videos and selfies and stuff but I think that's what differentiates me I think is just being me I I say that a lot in the personal branding but you are your USP you are your secret sauce and that you know it's exactly that I just wish more people would would adopt that um, philosophy because a lot of people do hide behind their business before putting themselves out there and like yourself you know you're saying well I don't feel comfortable but I know that it's part it's what I have to do 
yeah because I'd always be like I'm you know I'm not really I'm not vain because I, when I'd share my Instagram with like selfies I'm, I'm not that kind of person and like trying I don't know it's like I must other people must feel the same so you don't want to be that person but I'm like what is that person it's just it, the things that we business. put in our head so what exactly. would you say to someone who who isn't really the face of the business or they're not stepping up what have you got any advice for them that that you know maybe yeah you- I think what's yeah I think just show your face like people love people like people buy from people and I think if you look at your own buying habits you'll see that or like your Instagram who you follow or on TikTok or whatever it's the people that make you follow it it's not just products is it because that's just a bit boring if you just see product images all the time there's nothing to there's nothing for you to relate to is there because it's just a thing whereas if you see someone's personality then it's something that you really invest in and it's like almost your friend not just a brand I think mm-hmm. yes absolutely I I embody that 150 million percent for my friends that know me I use that phrase a lot 150 million percent so yes <laughs> very much on board so if I can ask you then because I'm super intrigued to know how many bottles are you selling now it's thousands depends on the month but I'm just thinking of last month so We've got eight um, products at the moment, but I'd say from, say, the oil, for yeah. example, yeah, yeah. Um, last month we sold about 8,000 of the oils. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So you've literally gone from this selling the hundred in the few days to now 8,000 and maybe some yeah. months more bottles of just the oil alone. So this is not all happening in your, your um, kitchen anymore. No, we've branched out slightly. So we've got, thank God, because my kitchen was absolute chaos. Oh my God, I had boxes, bottles, ingredients, everything, you name it was, yeah, my house was like something out of the film. But now we have a small, um, I hate to call it factory. I feel like it needs another word because factory just sounds a bit too, yeah, I don't know, I can't explain it. But yeah, it is a factory. So fulfillment, so um, with bottles, labels and stores it. Um, so like kind of like little machines that do what I used to do, which is quite cool. And makes yeah, it a lot faster. Could you imagine trying to yeah, oh like 8,000 yeah. bottles and get them out? I just, yeah, no, just wouldn't happen. <laughs> it's been like the nutty professor. Love it. So I, and then, so I have another question. Have you invested a lot more money? So then you hit your frugal £100. Have you just reinvested everything in for the business or have you had to also make a significant investment into it yourself? No money has been put in um, since the hundred pounds. Wow! Um, yeah, which is quite cool. Now I now I've said it out loud. Um, but I did reinvest what I made, so I didn't pay. I didn't get anything out of the company for nearly two years, but just over eighteen months. Yeah. So yeah, everything that that was made was just reinvested because the only I guess investment sounds good, and if you say like, oh, I got three hundred thousand, blah blah, from so and so. But they take a stake out of your business and I feel like once that stake has been given then also like your your not rights but like your way of running your business is also yeah. diluted you could so, just yeah, working for BMW then uh, yeah exactly <laughs> been told what to do which I hate uh, <laughs> yeah so we've got so you have, so you've got the your flagship product if you like your your oil and then yeah. how did the other products kind of come about um, so I made them again um, in the run-up, so from 2012 to 2018. Um, so the shampoo, conditioner, the curl cream, um, and then 
those are kind of all the ones that I made. And then now I have a chemist who's had about 30 years experience in the beauty industry. So he's like super, super knowledgeable and really interesting. So we do lots of mixing together. And so I created, well, we created um, the hair healing remedy, um, which is here. So it's very similar to Olaplex. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, A bond. It's very, very similar. And it helps bonds and keratin in your hair. So if it's really, really damaged, then it's it's amazing. So we've been testing it for a year. So that just launched last month, which has been a really good hit. We've had five star reviews. But anyway, because Orlaplex, I, mean, I, I use Orlaplex, but I, I have been told because your products are no nasties. But am I yes. right in thinking in Orlaplex? You'll know better than me that there are a, a few nasties in that. Yeah. So ours is no nasties. Um, so it has dragon's blood, um, which is from a tree in like South America. Um, but that's basically the natural bit of Olaplex doesn't have and um, that we've got in ours. So yeah, it's been a year kind of mixing and testing and things. So it's um, super excited to launch it out here as well. Because I think a lots of people have bad hair because of the water. The water yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I think it'll be yeah really, really helpful for a lot of ladies and gents out here. Um, so yeah, that's how I've got going forward. Obviously, just done a lot of networking and found um, the chemist who I partner with now. Um, to kind of yeah get our products but obviously get them a little bit better than what I could do because I have no chemistry degree so <laughs> you've got a lot of experience of, of mixing it yeah. all together so where's your biggest market now then it's between the UK and uh, GCC so they're very very close the UK is still slightly higher because obviously that's where I started yeah. Um, but yeah the GCC is coming very close to it also, so is it easier? So are you producing it here then so you don't have the expensive shipping then? Is that how, how you work on that? No, so we're exporting, which the UK are really liking at the moment because um, of Brexit. They want lots of UK export around the world. Um, so so you yeah, we're getting ex- support from that? Um, we're trying to. So um, the Welsh government have given, uh, well, no monetary support, but kind of contact support. So yeah, I'm just trying to see if I can get more of out of that really because it's kind of yeah helping the UK and the Welsh economy yeah absolutely and um I saw on your website that you won startup of the year is that right yeah congratulations so so what happened there um so it was um I was nominated which was amazing um and then I had to have two rounds of interviews and then I guess you had the final four. So I think there was a few thousand that um, got nominated initially. And then there was four at, at the end. And I was like, well, that's amazing to you know be at the last four. That I was celebrating that. Yeah, and, um, you were celebrating I, before before you needed to. I was like, God, being the last four, that's amazing. Because there were so many other awesome, awesome companies. And then to be recognized as that was just, yeah, mind-blowing considering it's just me I guess I think I, I read about everyone else who kind of had funding have got loads of you know a massive team and things and yeah just to be recognized I guess was pretty yeah I haven't really thought about it actually until now so yeah it's pretty awesome and it's, it's another piece in the sort of personal brand story but also in your business journey that there's the credibility and and you know in your situation you know you were nominated but a lot of people wait to be nominated and quite often you actually need to put yourself forward and and 
actually, you know, see what's out there. Years and years and years ago, I've told this story a couple of times in my personal brand audit masterclasses, but I attended an event back in 2005. So 2006, and my business was only maybe nine months old at the time, but it was the Lloyd's TSB Small Business Awards. And I remember just being so um, inspired and blown away that one, it was just so proper businessy, but two, I was like, I want to win one of these awards. And I remember going up to the guy who had closed off the ceremony saying, you know, we'll see you back next year. And I said to him, you know, how do you win one of these awards? And and what do you have to do? And, you know, fair play, he told me the the things that you needed to do. And eight months later, I applied because I knew what I needed to do. And I actually won that year later in that place. But so, so I know from, you know, more than a decade, how much that, that award adds to your credibility and, and proof that what you're offering and what you're doing is is excellent. So well done. Yeah, thank no, thank you so much. So what's next on the cards for you? Um, quite a lot, actually. So we're going to be launching um, new products that are non-curly, that's all I can say, which okay. I'm super excited about, um, and branching out our, our accessories range, so kind of branded accessories um which again hair accessories accessories, yeah for for now which yeah I'm very very excited about so that will be kind of tie us to the end of this year um and then kind of the my next kind of 18 months is just to expand more within the GCC um get more stockist and then uh looking at kind of other markets as well so in the US we've got quite a lot of stock um not stockists but orders so just trying to get stockists out there really so yeah. that's our to become more global than we are already <laughs> Wait, where can someone in the UAE buy you because you can buy from from your website yes from our website and then we have a few stockists they're all online at the moment so all of our stockists are on online I can send you the link so you can have the links um, I can share that I can share it yeah. in the the description section so people awesome. can click on that yeah um, yeah, so they're all curly hair shops um, and in Kuwait as well as our kind of flagship one for the GCC. So I'll send you all the links. Nice. And I have a question and I, I, I'm curious to know if there was one thing over the past kind of, I guess since 2012 you would have done differently. Is there anything or do you ever wish you made it commercial sooner or? Yes, I think believing in yourself. Mm. That sounds so like you can, I read somewhere and I was like, that really resonates. You can show that you're confident outside, but like inner confidence is like the, the best one. And I think a lot of people like, I'm very confident in like, you know, I had a really good job or whatever. And I was like, that's, I'm a really confident worker, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't, I didn't have the self-belief and the inner confidence to really go for it and do it myself sooner. So I think, yeah, just going into the deep just throwing yourself into the deep end and just going for it and believing in yourself is what I would that's what I would do so what are some of the things then apart from kind of throwing yourself in there that you did to believe in yourself doing things that I knew were right so for example quitting my job even though everyone was like what are you doing blah 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 blah. (laughs) everyone so that's ridiculous you should do it on the side first and keep your job and I was like no, I'm either going in, I'm either in or out. Like I can't just do mm-hmm. things at the time. So for me, that like gave me a bit of self-belief for myself. So I was like, well, I've I've done the hardest bit. 
so I can do anything else after that I think just taking that that plunge I think was like major to then kind of get the domino effect and be like actually I can do it build the momentum yeah awesome oh I've really enjoyed hearing your story thank you so much for sharing the time today is there any kind of parting comments you want to share with our listeners um no just go for it because I mean what's the worst that can happen you can always go back but just very true I used yeah. to see that about flying. Like I took a big loan <laughs> when I first started my business and I was a uh, cabin crew at the time when I took the loan to start my business. But I always said to myself, listen, you can go back to flying. You can always go back to that job. You could have go maybe go back to BMW or another brand and, and go, go back to it. So it's, it's always there. Yeah, exactly. So just go for it. Awesome. Awesome advice. <laughs> Great to have you on the show and I look forward to meeting you in person soon. Okay. Thank you so so much. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. I'd love to know what inspired you the most. Was there something that was said? Was there a real takeaway that you're like, do you know what? I'm actually going to go away and implement this. Then if there is, head over to Instagram because I hang out there and I really want to hear what is you say. Come and leave me a DM. Tell me the best part or even better, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much in advance. Reviewer of the week actually left this message and it made me so happy. Awesome podcast. Every episode gives me an insight into how I can grow my business brand and manage my life around this. Can't wait for the next episode. That was from DKUB2387. So they mean so much. If you haven't left a review yet, then please do head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. And don't forget, be inspired and keep following your dreams. Until next time, bye for now.